Well, good day to you. Good morning. I'm Joel, one of the pastors here, and uh, some of you may not be aware of this if you're new here to church, but I've been gone for the last month or so. I want to say thank you for allowing me to have that time away, but I, you know how I am when I get away from the Word of God in terms of preaching regularly, I get pretty pumped up and excited. Um, and so I'm ready to bring a bit of a, my, my staff is nervous. <laughs> Um, they've already sent some messages. Are, are we going to be able to survive? And I said, yes, you're going to be able to survive by the grace of God. So we're, I'm ready for the word of God. Anybody ready for the word of God? <laughs> Romans 8:28 tells us that God is a, doing a great work for the good of those who love him. And that's why we're here today, to, to discover a movement of God that God is wanting to do within all of us. And that means in hard times, it means in good times, God is at work for the good of those who love him, that he can use all things to craft something for God's glory if we're willing to surrender those things to him. And so we're here to meet with that God today. What we're not here to do is to come and just to hang out with some people because we're already similar to them, which is why a lot of people actually choose a church. I pray that people choose this church because they are seized by the Holy Spirit. They, they recognize that the word of God is being preached. And as a result of that, they are drawn into the presence of God where it's palpable in their life and that they want to live out the giftedness that God has given to them in a radical way. And that's what our desire is. But we are here not just to come and hang out with people who are already like us, which is what the majority of people do. Do they, do they believe about the gifts the way that, we, that I believe makes me comfortable? Do they dress the way that I dress, which makes me comfortable? Do they sing that style of music that I want to sing? Guys, what determines the, 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 the enormity of what God can do in the church is the presence of God in the preaching of the word. That's it. That's it. And so here we are today, and we're, we're in 1 Corinthians in this series, Restore, and we will finish it one year. Um, chapter 12, we're going to finish up. We're going to go through a lot of material in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What you're going to learn today, go ahead and open up the scriptures. I want to hear the pages. I want to encourage you to bring the word of God with you every single time that you possibly can. Um, what you're going to learn today, though, is um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. They speak a lot about the Bible body of Christ and the gifts within the body. Okay, so I want you to think about all of these balls as being different gifts. All right, gift of healing, gift of miracles, gift of, of, of prophecy, of teaching, and, and, and of caring for other people and healing and all these different gifts. These are all the gifts. Chapter 12, chapter 14, what do they speak about? All the different gifts in the body, right? Yes? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what's the theme? Love. It's a love chapter. Love is patient. Love is, yeah, you know. It's an amazing chapter. If you're new to church, go ahead and read that because the next three weeks I'm going to be diving in to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But what we have to recognize in chapter 12 and chapter 14, we're going to keep coming back to this, is chapter 13 is sandwiched in between 12 and 14. Here's why. Because the people of God in Corinth, right? These Corinthian Christians, and they're new to faith. They're new to understanding all this. What they determined was that they all wanted certain gifts because they elevated other gifts over other gifts, right? They're like, oh, I want this gift. Oh, I want this gift. Well, they get to do this. I want them to do this. And they started to find prestige and status based on a gift. And Paul is saying, no, it's not about your gift. It's all in 
inside of this base, and the, that base is called love. That's the container. The container is love. Whatever you do, you better be doing it in the love of Jesus Christ and the love of God. It doesn't matter what your gifts are. That's what you're going to be reminded of today in the next several weeks. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. If you're a jerk as you do it, you're not representing the love of Jesus. But I'm right. But you're not being righteous. We get to learn that today. First Corinthians, I haven't even opened the Bible yet. First Corinthians chapter 12. I told them I needed at least an hour and a half today for every service. And they said that wasn't possible. They got fired. Okay. So here we are, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we are going to be able to unpack. And, and can, can I remind you, by the way, when it comes to the unity of the church and the power, the, the body of Christ coming together with all their gifts, you need to know um, the church today is intended for the world to see it and to be a foretaste, an appetizer, I want to say an appetizer of sorts, of the reconciliation of all that God has promised that we will see for eternity. And so the differences that sometimes we can experience with one another because maybe we don't dress the same and all these different things. And, and I would say not even only the differences, but the diversities that we can have within a body of believers. Those aren't problems to be managed or avoided, but they're a gift of God's grace and a sign of the spirit at work within us. And he's going to tell them what you have to examine in verse 12 and 13 is that baptism is the foundation that you have. By the way, just this last week, right? 17 people baptized out at the lake. 17 people. Praise God, right? I say we have a few hundred thousand more to go. That's what gives us a foundation is baptism for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. That's the foundation that we have. And often we allow the, 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 the giving of gifts and the, the, the diversity and the differences within a congregation to create a separation and a lack of unity. And that's not what God is desiring for us. And so Paul is pointing to baptism. And by pointing to baptism, Paul lets us know that we share in the same promise, the same spirit, and we are all equal parts of the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to keep saying that because I think it's something that we know to be true. You ever had those things that you know the right answer, but you don't really believe it? Any believe that they have value and worth as a child of God? Raise your hand. Anybody here struggle to believe that they have value and worth as a child of God? Raise your hand. Right? We know the right answer, but it's hard for it to sink in sometimes. It doesn't penetrate. And so we see even one of the themes here for this chapter is that each person of faith, each person of faith is called to use their gifts to love, serve, and build up the church. 
Yes, you're going to hear that a lot too. You are called, you are given gifts by God. You are required as a believer in Jesus to use those gifts to further and to build up and to equip the body of believers. And so if you are here to simply to watch, to consume, and not to partner together to build up and to equip, yes, I believe that that is a sin in your life because I believe that's disobedience and disobedience is a sin. We already know the numbers, 20%, do 80% of the work and all these kind of things. If we could activate every single person, right? It's summer. Just the people who are gonna be here today in all the services, if we could get every one of them to truly activate in their spiritual giftedness, I am telling you now, the church will look radically different. And not to start looking at other people's gifts and go, well, I want to be able to do what they do. I want to be able to do what they do. I want to be able to do, well, I, like, I like what that person does. That's pretty cool. No, live in your giftedness. Find confidence in what God has called you to rather than what others might expect of you. That's what we get to look at. This is an important passage for us today. So here it is, the word of God. Will you please stand for the reading? And this one, by the way, I have nothing underlined for you to read out loud. So if I stop speaking, that's your sign. <laughs> for just as the body is one and has many, and all the, of the body, though many, they are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. I just read this for us so that you could process that. And all were made to drink of one spirit, right? There's, there's not various spirits out there that, oh, this one's speaking to me about this and this one always oh, over here talking to somebody else about, no. There's one spirit. He's not a spirit because it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity. They're all the same, right? They are all equal with one another, even though the Son submitted to the Heavenly Father and His will. And so we recognize that. So there's no confusion there. One spirit right? And it's going to line up with the word of God for the body does not consist of one member, but of what? That means you're all a part of it. So you can be like, I don't like that guy. We'll get used to him. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the, be the sense of what? Hearing. If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. This is the word of God. You may be seated. This does have a lot to do, yes, with the different gifts, the different body parts, and recognizing that we're all members of the same body. But let me tell you now, the unity of the body of Christ is not a nice goal to have. It is a requirement of Scripture. Somebody recently came to the church, I say recently, this last spring, and they came and like, everybody seems to like each other. 
And I said, you know what? I'll take that as a compliment. My concern is that it seems as though you might have experience where you go to churches and they don't seem to like each other. Like, well, yeah, I don't really get it. Like, you guys all like each other. I'm like, yeah, I like you guys. You like me? Well, don't answer that. Um, I like you guys. All right. So when you start to recognize that, yeah, we need to understand that body-like unity of Christians is not just a nice goal to achieve. It is a must. It, it, it is something that we have to fight for. Some of you already know this, but my right shoulder doesn't work very well, right? This is as high as it goes, right? So I don't, I'll never throw a ball overhand again. All right, not with this arm. So that's a bummer because my kids, I don't get to play ball with them the same way I used to. I'm getting really good at throwing things underhand, right? I, that's the good news. You better wake up is all I got to say. Um, and, uh, but like even that, I felt it. Like, so I've got some good friends here in the church. They help take care of it and just to keep it moving and to have some function with it. I tell you, but that has impacted my trap on one side is bigger than my other. And it's impacted because you start to compensate. You know what I'm going with all this, right? That body part has impacted everything else. Is that body part visible? No, I always have a shirt on. So here it is. And uh, it, it's just something that has now impacted every other part and functioning. Um, for a while, the way I even got up and would, I would never use this arm. I would always use this arm all these different things. Well, guess what? If you're a shoulder, you're impacting the rest of the body. And you're going, well, yeah, but I, nobody sees me because I, you always have a shirt on, but you're impacting the rest of the body. You may not be the tongue that is always heard or an eye that is seeing everything, but you're impacting the rest of the body and whether or not you are functioning properly matters. And so if you know and recognize the giftedness, that's one of our values here is that everybody lives in their area of spiritual giftedness. If you're living in your area of spiritual giftedness and you're going, yeah, then you're impacting the body in a healthy way. But if you're choosing not to be active and using the gift, the body part that you are and the body of believers, you're impacting the rest of us. The rest of you should look at that person and get pretty upset, honestly, because we're in a battle to represent the king of kings. And that person is choosing not to be a part of the battle. They're just going to watch from the sideline. There's a reason I always stand like this, right? It's to help support this. So everybody knows that my staff mocks me occasionally. And they're like, oh, how about this? Because I'm trying to support the shoulder. It impacts everything else. You're impacting everything else. So he's letting them know this, and we're all baptized into one body, and you need to start using your gifts in the part of that body. And he's using the human body to help us understand the working of the community of the believer. We're all fearfully, all wonderfully made. There's 30 trillion cells and every single person that help make up the body to help let us know this is who we are, this is what God has designed of us. Are you participating in the body of believers? One body, many members. And the parts look different, they have different purposes, yet each has a common goal. 
Jew, Greek, slave, freed. It didn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore because we're all part of the body of Christ. And if the foot declared, verse 15, if the foot declares itself not part of the body because it wasn't a hand, it would be foolish and wrong. We all have a role. Are you so busy, and this is an important question, are you so busy trying to be what you desire that you neglect to see the power of what God has already called you to? You know, and I say this frequently, I've always prayed for my kids, especially my girls, that they would be who God has designed them to be, not who others expect them to be. Because I think you can get caught up in the world and you see this person and they look like this and they have to behave like this and they have to do this. And all of a sudden we start to desire the very things that are expected of us rather than desiring to live according to the design of God. I don't think we're any different as adults. Because we've elevated, let's be honest, we have elevated certain gifts above other gifts. I'll be very, very honest and tell you that, um, as opposed to being other times partially honest, I guess, um, I think we have sometimes elevated the gift of preaching too high. It is just my role, that's why I'm one of the pastors. I think we've elevated other gifts as well. We've elevated certain things in our community, in our society. Have we elevated sports? I think we just had a soccer player get $87 billion for a year of playing, something crazy like that in the world. I mean, we, what we're, we, we're elevating certain things that we don't elevate some. I, I, we should start elevating being a parent again. But we give priority to some things. And some of us are so busy trying to be what we desire to be, we neglect to see the power of what God has already called us to be, and we're not living in those things. And so then as a result, it's, we do it to ourselves. We end up feeling excluded from the body, and it's because you're trying to live in something that's not your giftedness. I understand legs and eyes can seem more important sometimes than fingers and ears. But we need them all. We need to recognize the value and the power that comes from them. Because the body cannot, verse 17, the body cannot work properly if all hands, if everybody's a hand or if everybody's an eye. The body must have different parts and gifts or it would not work effectively. We're not working as effectively as we should if you're not participating. You continue in this passage and it says, and I love this. It says, if, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. This is very important. That's the very end of verse 18. He arranged your gifts as he chose. You may not like it, but he is the king of kings, Lord of lords. He is sovereign. He is creator. He made a decision for you to go, God, I, don't, I know you're perfect, but I don't like the decision you made. It's a pretty arrogant statement. Sorry, God, you got that one wrong. I really want to be this over here. 
And so some of us, we do feel that way. Why don't I, I would love, love to be able to sing. You don't want me to sing. Everybody says, I'll just sing, make a joyful noise. There ain't nothing joyful about it. My kids, my wife, like, please, no, no, just talk it. I would love to be able to sing. I'd love to be able to play piano. I know Jaws and part of Silent Night. That's it. I can't do it, but that's okay. I'm going to live in the giftedness that God has given to me. Why? Because each part of the body serves the pleasure of the creator. And everybody has something, but nobody has everything. Which means we need each other. And some parts of our body are unhealthy because they're not exercising. They're gifts. And can you imagine if, if, you, if you're somebody who chooses to exercise, you're trying to stay healthy, and you're only going to do, um, we'll go, everybody likes arms, so we're only going to do the right arm. I'm just going to, I'm going to work out that, and I never exercise the left arm. Be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Or if you're only going to do, you're just going to do right Right legs. I said, I'm never going to work up my left leg. Every step I go up, what would happen is I'd do this. Right? That's what the, the church today is functioning while compensating for many of their parts not participating. I'm, I'm talking to every one of you. God has gifted you. Some are fingers, some are ears, some are legs. Some aren't seen at all, but they are vital organs. They're, they're heartbeats, right? And they're kidneys and they're livers. And you're going, yes. And we're seeing the, the vitality that comes from that and the necessity that it brings. But, you, you know, if you have that gift, you might be going, well, I'm not even seen. I'm inside. Yeah, but well, you're needed. Friends, it's not about the ability that you have. It's about your availability. You've heard it before. It's not about what you can accomplish, but who you are as a child who finds your confidence in the king. It's not about what the world says of your giftedness, but what, rather if you are willing to use your giftedness for the glory of God. Nothing else. Are you willing to use your giftedness? And some of you are going, well, I don't know what I'm gifted at. Well, that's when we have spiritual gift assessments and, and we get to go, no, these are your, 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 your helper. It's what you do. Or your, man, your hospitality is amazing. Can we utilize that? We want to know, but you have to use your giftedness for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. And then it says in verse 21 and following that the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. It means we need each other. Everybody say, we need each other. We need each other. So if you're not participating, you're hurting the rest of us. Everybody 
Everybody say, if I'm not participating, I'm being disobedient. There's some little conviction for you. Because we're not functioning properly otherwise. It says, I have no need of you. On the contrary, verse 22, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Oh, oh, oh. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Some parts can seem not to matter that much until that part starts to hurt because they haven't cared for themselves. If you want to know what parts of the body you appreciate the most, and we can go human anatomy, right? Look at the ones that you try to accentuate. I was at the beach some with my family, right, over the last month, and um, I tried to get tan. I'm just, I'm really white, um, but I tried my best. And you, when you go to the beach, what you recognize is, did you know bathing suit styles have changed? <laughs> I walked around with a brown bag over my head. I. I'm like, what? But you know what? You learned what we're trying to accentuate, what we, what we value as a society. I, I'm, I'm being serious because you'll learn about what you value by what you're trying to show off. Well, we've done the same thing in the church. We... Essentially, we, we, we try to, I would say, give greater value to certain gifts over others. And as a result, we try to show them all, but yet we all need one another. And I know that some parts of the body are unglamorous, verse 24. But God will give honor when honor is due. There's no reason for division in the body. They need to be caring, verse 25, they need to be caring for one another. Verse 25 just says it very clearly, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. We should be caring for one another equally. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Maybe some of us have a struggle with a body part, somebody who has a certain gift, and we just don't like that. And that's a good question for us, is what member of the body do you struggle with the most, and how can you pray for them and serve them faithfully? Maybe you have something, you're like, man, I just don't like that body part. I don't like that person. I'm certain that Jesus, when he began his Messianic ministry, he says, pray for your enemies. So if we're praying for enemies, we might as well pray for our brothers and sisters as well, right? 
to encourage them and to lift them up. And then he tells us in verse 27 through 31, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and miracles and gifts of healing and helping and administration, various kinds of tongues, all our apostles, all our prophets, all our teachers, do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. When you start speaking about the gifts, and I told you as we start looking at that, we're, we got all these. These are individual gifts that we are all given. They're not. This is not an ex, all, all, an exhaustive list that we find in First Corinthians chapter twelve. Um, but when you start looking at the gifts that people are given, they all must be held within the container of love. But when you look at these gifts, the thing that you have to understand, Christianity was started by who? A Jew. Jesus was a Jew. It was started by a Jew to serve and to minister to who? Jews. And then he appointed apostles and he gave them gifts like signs and miracles and healings. But we recognize also that many of the Jews ended up rejecting him. Because as soon as they saw a miracle or a wondrous healing, they wanted another one in order to believe even more and to have faith. And they constantly wanted God to heal them and God to do a miraculous work in them. And their faith was really non-existence. They were really dependent upon Jesus for the miracles that he would do rather than having faith that he was the son of God. And so many of the Jews really ended up rejecting him. And so then God uses Paul to reach the Gentiles and even more. That's why it says not only just Jew and Gentile, slave or free, but yet we are all part of the same body of Christ. So now he's appointing Paul to go reach all people. The interesting thing about it is that Jews, the Jews often look for signs. They, they, they wanted to see by sight. Yet it was the Gentiles who actually started to live by faith. And by that which we are saved is what? Faith. Now you're going, what does this have to do with this? Well, it's important for us to recognize this because while the Jews are looking for signs, the Gentiles were really starting to live by faith and by wisdom. So this is why many would say some of the gifts even began to die off with the apostles of the day because God's going, wait, they're only believing for the miraculous signs. Yes, I am all powerful. I'm a miracle working God, but you're not to believe in me because of what I will do for you in terms of miracles. You are to believe in me because of what I've already done in the giving of my son, Jesus Christ. It is by faith that we are saved. As I travel different places, I see that regularly as, as individuals are going, well, I'm just waiting to see God work and then I'll believe. And I'm going, it doesn't work that way. That means there is no faith. It certainly doesn't line up with Romans 8, 28, that God is at work for the good of those in all things who love him, in all things. That means in the suffering, and I'm telling you now, who you are in your faith is more easily seen in the midst of difficulty than it is in the midst of easy and good when there is no storm.
Later on, you'll discover 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when we get to that, this fall, verses 1 through 4 is all about having faith in an all-powerful God. And they were getting mixed up. So he's writing this letter. He's like, man, you guys have stepped into the church and I'm I'm grateful, but you're making so much of an ordeal about these individual gifts and who gets to do what. And you, as a result, aren't living in unity as a body of believers. And some of you are just watching and you're throwing rocks and you're throwing stones at others. And you're saying, I want to be able to do that. Or I wish I could have this gift. And as a result, you're not living as a body. You're not functioning. And so now the church is having to compensate for people who aren't using their gifts and so they had to be reminded that our God is a powerful God God is a miracle working God he is still moving the question is are you willing to be moved Are you willing in a week from now for your life to look different than it does today? That's a real question. Because the majority of people we know, we press repeat over and over and over again. And yet God's going, I have given you gifts. Are you willing to do anything necessary? Do you believe that the kingdom of God is eternal? Yes or no? Is that worth fighting for, yes or no? So if that's worth fighting for, at least about a third of you agreed with me on that. All right, so if that's worth fighting for, if it's eternal, then you're willing to go, God, please don't let me press repeat. Let me participate in a movement. Let me participate in the kingdom of God. Let me learn what my giftedness is and do everything that I can to utilize that for the furthering of the glory of God because it's not about promoting myself, it's about promoting Jesus. And so if that means you need to change my job, change my job. If that means that you need to change my friends, change my friends. If that means that I need to live and give my energy and my time differently and to do my calendaring differently. God, thy will be done on earth as it is in. Are you willing to be moved? To move to a different place than where you have been? Because if we could truly catalyze and utilize the gifts within the body just here at Chapel Point, the movement is very, very different. Literally in the next few weeks, we're starting a site, I'm not supposed to say that, Blasted Byron Center this fall. You're going to hear more about it in another week or two. That's coming. So if you're interested, but let me tell you now, we're going to go everywhere we possibly can to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have it too good. God has overwhelmingly blessed this ministry. We will not squander those blessings to live in comfort. We will use those blessings to be radical servants of the king. And some of you will be like, nope, I ain't doing that. Okay, make room for someone else. Well, that seems harsh, not being harsh. But too many of us are trying to compensate for a body part that's not functioning.
It's one of the gifts, the members of the body, that, the different gifts, they don't create division. They're to create unity because you recognize, you value each one of them so much. So he talks about, he's like, man, the apostles, man, I've got, Lord of mercy. Let me, let me run through this real quick. Munden, come on out, buddy. I know I'm going long. I want to give you a quick run through of this list of gifts that he calls out. You might want to write some of this down. He says, some were given to be apostles. Apostles were special ambassadors in the church. Right? Paul had a unique apostolic authority. I, I would tell you now that the one way we think about it is the, the, the capital A, apostle, no longer. They're no longer here with us, not in that manner. We do have lower A, apostolic leadership. I mean, there's people who literally, they, they lead with this unique authority that God has just granted them, right? It helps to set, up the, it helps to set the foundation of the church. That'd be Ephesians chapter two, verse 20. And he still has those ambassadors in the church today, right? But they don't have the same authority as the original apostles. Then you have prophets. This foundational authority is, again, I would tell you to keep going to Ephesians chapter 2, really 18 through 20 total. But um, God raises up people to speak to the church with a blessing. Now, some people go prophet. They go, oh, they know the future. And that's how they think about it. You got to be really dangerous that if you, so many people have said, oh, well, I'm, I'm a prophet. And they start speaking. Tell you what, just say, do this. Anybody who claims to be a prophet today, hold them to Old Testament standards. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. Hold them to the Old Testament. Hold them to the standard, right? That means 100% accuracy in every word. That's what it says. Good luck. To teachers, they teach the scriptures. Not just in the classroom. Remember, we made that up. We, we created the classrooms. Some of you are given the gift of teaching, and you need to be doing it in your homes more. You need to be doing it with your neighbors more. You need to be doing it at work over lunch more. You have the workers of miracles, those used to do God's work in a miraculous way. Here's the thing, and this is why some of these gifts, they get in our way because we misinterpret what it really means. The miracles of God are to be done at the Holy Spirit's initiative, not the initiative of the individual. Ooh. Some are given to healing and to being a helper. Some are given to the gift of administration gift of tongues. I want to speak to that real quick because the great, there's been a lot of damage done in the church to those who say, if you, haven't, if you don't speak in tongues and you're not given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and Paul is refuting that going, what? Everybody has different gifts. What are you talking about? And if, if you're someone who is hindered in your ability to talk to God, maybe you should pray to have tongues. But it will be understood by other people, and it's almost always done in private between you and God. Because otherwise, if someone, if you're in public and someone can't understand you, then it's sinful. It's not even genuine. And he, he can, he's like, listen, 
why don't you just start living? This is the whole point. We get so caught up in this stuff. He's like, why don't you just start living according to the gifts that I've given you and start pursuing the more excellent way. Those are the words he used, the more excellent way. That's how he concludes the chapter. There's a more excellent way. Isn't that cool? He talks about all these gifts and goods, but there's a more excellent way. And he jumps into the love chapter. Friends, love is the container. But you have to ask yourself, what are your gifts and are you, are you willing to utilize them to show the love and the power of God? Because this, if it's over there, it's not a part of this. It's not a part of the body. You're going, yeah, but look at me. But you're not a part of the body. Join the body. God, I love you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. We declare your goodness. We praise you for who you are. God, give us the strength, courage, awareness to know the gifts that you have provided each one of us and let us step in and use them to further your name, to declare your greatness. In Christ's name, amen.